right now, though, I, I have a family who's joining me, and uh, I'm a little concerned that one of the two people I'm about to talk to is uh, is maybe pondering a career ra- in radio. Yeah. Uh, hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hey, Cameron. Good. You? How you doing? Hey, yeah. Super. <laughs> that's right. Let them hear you in the back of the room. That's uh, That's the way I see it. Michelle, tell us a little story about uh, about Cameron and why why you're here today. Uh, so Cameron uh, was a little bit impatient. He has been all his life, and he showed up uh, three months earlier than he was supposed to, um, and he was only two po- two pounds. And um, wow. unfortunately, he didn't take the role of growing and getting bigger and coming home. He took the role of going to get sick and, and have lots of problems. And we were in the hospital for eight months, 254 days um, to be exact. And we went uh, we started out at the Stollery at the Royal Alec, and we a lot of people don't know that that is also Stollery as well. So yes. uh, there, and we crossed the river three, four, t- three times I think, back and forth between the two hospitals, and um, yes. we did finish our journey here at the at the university site. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was November when he went home, and he was born in March. So that's our, and he we had numerous me. surgeries throughout that, and uh, a couple of life-saving interventions um, where we didn't think we were gonna, we were he was gonna make it. But uh, every time, every time we thought he wasn't gonna make it, he was like, mm, ah, fooled ya. Uh, that's uh, telling you a lot about uh, this guy. Oh yeah, for sure. This is one tough kid, like yeah. one tough cookie. Hey, uh, how you doing, Cameron? Everything okay? Everything's okay. Excellent. How many times have you been on the radio before? Oh, uh, like 30 or 4. 30 or 3 or 4 or 30 or 40? <laughs> it could be. We've it been, could be both. We've been on a lot. It seems like every time we're at something and someone sees him, they're like, oh, can we put him on the news? I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> let's do it. Let, let's do it. Uh, uh, hey, I'm going to ask you, let's fit, put Cameron's headphones over onto uh, the other gentleman who's on your uh, your left side there, Michelle. Big Brother uh, Brady. This is the big this is Big Brother Brady. Hey, Brady, how you doing? Good. Good. Hey, uh, you, you, you're watching out for your little brother all the time, right? Mm-hmm. How tough has this been on you? Um, well, it, it was a while ago. Like, it was when I was four years old. Right. 13 now. Yeah. So I don't quite remember it. But um, I remember that I was really, like, stressed about, like, if my little brother was going to be okay or how he was going to be, like, whenever I would... Because I had to go to my grandma and grandpa's because my mom was with Cameron all the time. Yeah. I was scared with what was going to happen, if uh, Cameron was going to be okay. But you're a positive-thinking guy. Right? So, as is your little brother. So, that's encouraging. Now, now Michelle, the one thing we always talk about the patients so often, but the families. Uh, you know, especially the. What family, a unit you got going here. For me, like, he was. There were periods of time. There was a two week period where he was in a box and he wouldn't. You couldn't. He was in the incubator and he wouldn't let you touch him or look at him. If I touched, like, he. It, dark and quiet. That's what he wanted. So, I sat in a corner and read a book. And, you know, it was really hard for me. It was really isolating. I'm a single mom. Um, so, I was there by myself and so I mean the nurses were so good at like including me in the conversation and including me at what was going on and you know introducing me to other parents and and you know there was always so much for me to like I never felt alone that and that and it, it is a, such an isolating experience that it, it is I never felt alone like the one story that doesn't get told an awful lot here is 
the uh, uh, the camar- camaraderie, I guess, uh, with the other parents. You bet. Like I, I still text with some um, some of the moms I met while we were in the hospital. We were going through similar things. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know, a couple of us that, uh, you know, I've 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 kept in contact with throughout the years just to see where our kids are at, and you know, that is such an important part of part such an important part of your journey because other parents are going through the same thing, and uh, you know, no matter how many times your friends try to try to understand they don't you don't understand what it's like to have a kid that you might might not come home nobody understands that like another parent that does so it, it is super important to have that parent connection brady's looking great so <laughs> so you, you you go through that and now cameron's situation is a, is a like a, i guess a 180 yeah it, you don't think so you don't think about the story until you know you don't think you're ever going to need the story and then all of a sudden wow do you ever yeah you hope you're never going to need it and you know it's funny i was a monthly donor long before i even had kids i didn't even have either kid and i i was a donor just because i knew how important it was and i'd listen to the radio thon all the time and i was like i have to do something and so i, I was a donor prior to having kids and then cat brady came along and he was you know perfect timing he was came on his due date he was perfectly healthy no issues tricked me into thinking oh we could do this again you're fine you could do this again and then this guy comes along and I knew it wasn't going to be easy I knew being a single mom of two boys was going to be tough but uh, I didn't quite expect the journey that we went through but uh, we survived it we made through it and you know this like I said when I said before this is a tough kid you are you this is one tough kid the, the other story, too, is uh, the support staff and the doctors and everybody here. And so often it's overlooked until you have to come in here and you need the services. It's not an it's expensive place. You you have to you're always looking for the best equipment. Yeah. You're looking for the best staff, and they have that here. They do. It's it's really an eye opener. My dad called him the million dollar baby, and then and then when uh, he ended up on something called ECMO, when two weeks he was on this this machine that was keeping him alive, he decided to call him his two million dollar baby. Uh huh. So you know it never and there's never there's never a question of cost. Never ever. They never think is this one child worth this. They sent a team of 10 people in two ambulances, 13 people in two ambulances to the Royal Alec, cleaned out a room over there that they don't operate in and operated on him just because they thought maybe we could save this one child. He was too small for the surgery. They did it anyway. And it's the only reason he's here today. He wouldn't be here without it. Like there was never, how much cost? Like there was so much cost that went yeah. into that. Nobody ever questioned. Nobody ever said this one, every, every child is worth everything. Like they never questioned it. So Michelle, What's the message you want to send out to everybody today? You, because you, you, hey, you said you've been listening to this, yeah, this radiothon for quite some time. It's this is only the 25th. Only, gotta, right? I've probably been listening to it for yeah. all the whole time. So, so, what do you want to send out there to not only parents, but friends of parents, to grandparents? To grandparents. This is yeah. an important thing today. You know what? The the, the biggest issue, the, the biggest thing I want to say is that yes, the doctors and the nurses and the the RTs and the all the doctors and all the people that are in the hospital that keep them keep these kids alive are and are here for us are amazing. But donors save lives. Donors save lives. They, they can't do what they do without the donations. So donors, bu- period, save lives. The monthly thing is a, is a great plan as well. Yeah. Hey, Brady, before we let you go, uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, your little brother. He's tough, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's, um, he's really tough. Uh, he's a goofball and... Uh, <laughs> Always on his iPad, but um, that's okay. <laughs> he's one of the toughest kids I know. 
I'm going to ask you now. Let's throw the. We're going to. I tell you right now. We're going. We're going to give. We're going to give Cameron the final award here. Cameron, uh, he just called you a goofball. I'm not looking to start trouble. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe you did that, on the radio, he no less. Never plays with me. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's so harsh. <laughs> You guys. Oh, he's 13. He's too cool for his little yeah, brother. Yeah, no, that's, right? that's all right. Yeah, they, they're going to have a strong bond for many, many years to come. Cameron, thanks for coming, okay? Okay. It's great seeing you here. Brady, thanks. Thumbs up over there. And Michelle, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having right, us. We're so great. glad to be here. Yep. Thanks. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.